welcome to What Are You Talking About? You know, we always envisioned this podcast to be engineers explaining water concepts to non-engineers, but mostly so far it has been engineers talking about water concepts with other engineers. So today we finally have a non-engineer on to talk with us about water questions. And that non-engineer happens to be my sister, Veronica. So welcome, Veronica. Thanks for having me. So, you know, to provide a little bit of context here, you are not a scientist. What is your I can. Oh, see, we're talking all over each other already. It's perfect. It's like being in the back seat of the minivan. It is. Less punching, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I teach Spanish at a little college in Kansas. So I can analyze the heck out of a Baroque poem, and I drink water. Ah, the, an important qualification for this. So you, you have some, some water questions for me. I do. I got a bunch of water questions. I want to start with my water bill. They do have my water bill in front of me. Um, can we just talk about it? Let's just talk about it. Stay with us. I want to know what water treatment costs. Because I'm paying for, I assume, a package of things that are not only water treatment in my water bill, like infrastructure and stuff, right? Yes. I have city water. I live in Kansas in a little town. My total bill comes to $72.24. Okay, for how many months? One. One month. Oh, okay, that's actually about what we pay. You have like up to a certain ceiling, up to however many gallons. You pay the same amount and then anything over and above that you pay extra. So I have 300 gallons to use a month. Gotcha. Probably in your water bill, you're paying for both water and wastewater. I am. Does it break that down for you? It does. It says my meter use amount is 3162. So that's a whole lot less than my 7224. Well, it's about so half. Still, but the other half, where the heck does this come from? So it says wastewater is $25. State water protection fee is two cents. Because, <laughs> okay. you know, Kansas. And then the CSO fee is $14.63. Okay. So, yeah, only half of it, I think, is water. And then the other half is wastewater and CSO. What am I paying for? Okay. So you're paying for the, okay. the commodity of the water itself. Right. Paying for the treatment of that water and then the conveyance of that water from the treatment plant to your home. And so the pumping of the water, probably not that expensive. The treatment, interestingly enough, probably not that expensive. The, what? Right. The chemicals and stuff that we put in water, not very expensive. Like for the most part, chlorine, pretty cheap and easy to come by. I mean, yeah, I did work as a lifeguard. I threw a lot of chlorine in the swimming pool. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, you trust 16-year-olds with this stuff. It can't be too expensive. <laughs> but what you are paying for is the people that treat your water. So the operating staff that operates all of the treatment plant and the pumps to get the water to your house and so forth. 
like all of that stuff takes people sure and the people in this case cost a lot more money than the chemicals and the the electricity and stuff to treat drinking water and that's because not only do you have to pay for them but you also have to pay for like retirement for folks that have retired and things like that so like most of what you're paying for is actually the people that treat your water more than the stuff that okay. you treat so i'm paying people's paychecks that's exactly right and training Probably training, too. Okay. You know, <laughs> they should not... They should have more training than the lifeguard tax. Yeah. Okay. And then another thing that you could be paying for is the infrastructure that's used yeah. to get the water to you. And that's because this stuff may have, like, a 50-year lifespan. And so even though someone bought it 50 years ago, they may have issued bonds. And right. you're still paying for those bonds now. So there's, you know, deferred capital okay. costs and loans and infrastructure. Um, that all go into that too. So that's probably what your water bill is. For the wastewater, you know, there's maybe a little bit more electricity associated with that because you got to aerate it, but... So the wastewater is everything that goes down the drain, any drain. Well, in your house. Yes, yes, yes. Not the storm drain, but my personal drain. Yeah, so you said something about a CSO fee. I pay a CSO fee, so tell me what that is. Yeah, so a CSO is a combined sewer overflow, which is where your storm sewer and your sanitary sewer are combined into a combined sewer system. And so this is usually something that's only in older towns. So This is an old town. So yeah, so especially in the like Northeast and Great Lakes region, they have a lot of combined sewer overflows. So what happens is you have a wastewater treatment plant that's capable of treating a certain amount of water. And if it rains a whole lot, then more water is in this combined sewer than that wastewater treatment plant can hold. And so it overflows and you get this overflow that is a mixture of stormwater and just raw untreated sewage. So that's really so bad. poop water is potentially going into the Missouri River? Exactly. Is that what's happening? Oh, that's bad news bears. Exactly. So I did do a little snooping on the, okay. the water system in your town. And it looked like in a 2008 report, it's uh -huh. 300 to 400 overflows per year, typically. Oh, so that's like a couple a day. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's problematic. So in 2011, the city entered into a consent agreement with the EPA and the Kansas Department of Health to try and cut down on overflows. So maybe that fee you're paying is related to that. I know that there are a, there's a new series of retention ponds in town. Is this maybe related to paying for that? That's exactly the kind of stuff that I would expect a fee like this would pay for. Okay, so the EPA and the Department of Health and the Environment got involved and shut down this foolishness. Well, I don't know that they shut it down, but they apparently they entered into a consent agreement with your local water authority. So 300 to 400 overflows per year, hasta. So th do they have to tell us when that happens? I guess they do not, huh? From the report I saw in 2008, they only had to tell you if it happened during dry weather. So if it happened when a rainstorm happened. Oh no, but if it's too many people flushed at once? They have to tell us, but if it rained... Because two people flushed away. It would be like something got clogged and it backed up. Oh. Uh, oh. Ooh. I don't know if that's better. No, it's not. <laughs> so besides that, what do water engineers worry about when it comes to, um, to sort of my things related to getting water to my house? What do water engineers worry about? 
Yeah, what keeps you up at night? Technical manuals. That's what keeps me up at night. Nothing like it. Oh, shut up. <laughs> that was not... I need to work on my nerd voice, but... Uh, oh, it came through loud and clear. Yeah. No, Um. I don't know. The biggest risk I think that, like, most municipal engineers would worry about is, like, a pipe break more than okay. the treatment system going down. Because there's a lot of redundancy in most treatment systems. But, like, if a water main breaks, then you get, like, water all over the town and, like, flooding and crap. And, like, stink things could get in. So, like, now would be, like, I feel like a more realistic concern for a lot of water uh-huh. engineers in, like, day-to-day operation. Is there an engineer who oversees my water treatment? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, they probably... Okay. It's. I mean... There's probably an operator that oversees it on like a 24-hour basis, and like the engineers right. might work more nine to five. Sure, and there's probably actually got to be someone like awake and at the switch. Yeah, and like that's the operator staff, which are not yeah. engineers, but frankly know more. But at least from the operator staff that I have interacted with, those guys know a hell of a lot about water treatment too, even though they may right, right. have degrees in engineering. So. Right, but they know what you got to kick to make it work and whatever. Exactly. Okay, and so who else is involved? We've got the operators who make the machine run. We've got the engineer who sort of oversees everything. And then at the top of the food chain is, what, the mayor? Yeah, or there might be a water board that you elect. They sort of hire the general manager. So like the boss of the wastewater treatment or or the water treatment system is the general manager. They're like... Of the city? Is that the city manager? No, of of the water system. Okay. They're called okay. general managers. And they are like a career professional employee, but they generally work for like an elected overseeing body. The superintendent and then the school board. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Got it. Oftentimes it's about what the general manager can convince the board to go for okay. and money on. And oftentimes... It's about what the board can do without fear of losing re-election. <laughs> well, you've talked about this a lot, that academics are more interested in taking risks, but the people on the ground want to be pretty conservative. Yes. You know, well, for a few reasons. So one, you want to be conservative because public health is at stake. And if you change too much and screw it up, then like people could get sick and that's really bad. That is bad. Also... You know, we build things that have really long lifetimes. And so there's not like a whole lot of need to change very quickly. And so sometimes that creates this environment that really stifles um, ingenuity. Okay. One of those, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That's, I mean, I understand why that is. I can't knock that as a principle. Yeah. You know, if you spent millions of dollars to put in one sort of technology to treat water and then something better comes along 25 years later, but you still have 25 years worth of life on your old system. Yeah. No, no. Keep going with the old thing. It worked. Yeah. Are you going to be the one to fork out the money or to ask the the rate payers to fork out the money? Hell no. Nope. That's a good way to not be reelected right there. That's right. All right, I think we've gone through my whole water bill kind of exhaustively. We demystified some of your water questions. All right, thanks, Joe, my favorite engineer. All right, bye. All right, bye.
This episode of What Are You Talking About was produced by me, Joe Charbonnet, with help from Scott Miller, Chris Olivares, Hannah Greenwald, Skylar Herzog, and Chelsea Panos. What Are You Talking About is produced in association with RenewIt, the NSF's Engineering Research Center for Reinventing the Nation's Urban Water Infrastructure. Check that out at renewit.org. This is What Are You Talking About. Stay wet, everyone. The moral of the story is the operators know what's up. It's true. Is that, is that the summary?